Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dealer Talk. So um, this is a, a pretty cool episode for us. Um, it's our season final show, if you will. Eric and I are going to be doing a recap following this one, but um, I'm just very excited because the guest today is just amazing. I'm super honored to have him on the show. Can't wait to introduce him. Um, although he really needs no introduction within the industry for sure. Um, I just wanted to kind of uh, put a note out there to say thanks to everybody. Thanks for the support. Thanks for reaching out with, uh, with your questions. Um, uh, as I mentioned in the, in the, in the last episode with, uh, with the power zone coach, we're kind of starting a new initiative and taking questions that we can ask the guest. So if there's any particular area that you're struggling with, or if you just want to get a different perspective, make sure to reach out to Eric or myself on LinkedIn for the time being. We do have a website coming up here, and that'll be rolling for season two, where you can send us the questions directly. But make sure to check us on LinkedIn for now, uh, and we will definitely bring those up to the guests to talk about those issues. Um, so... Eric is not with us today, so I'm going to be doing this solo, but uh, this guest was just too big to pass on, So, and he really needs no introduction, like I said. So uh, the guest for today is Mr. Alan Dickey, the ace man. Alan, how you doing, sir? Doing real good, Herb, real good. Thanks for having me on, pal. Hey, man, super honored to have you on here. I'm, I'm just fired up to get going. Um, let's just, let's just dive into it, man. Before we, we kind of, um, set this thing up, can you just give us a little bit of a, of a update on, you know, your background and what you're currently doing? Oh, wow. Well, that could be a novel. Let me try and give you the 10 second version. Um, <laughs> Alan Dickey got into the automotive sales industry back in 99, 2000 as a, uh, as a 20 year old. Uh, spent well over a decade in that industry, performing at all roles, new and used sales, new and used sales manager, uh, business manager, and subprime business manager. And then uh, about eight and a half or nine years ago, I started my company, AlanDickey.com, where I uh, provide services as a speaker, trainer within our industry and all sales industries for that matter. Awesome, man. And yeah, you've been on fire. I love your content. Um, I just love all the stuff that you're putting out there. I think there's there's a lot of value within the industry with what you're doing. So uh, thanks, man, for all that you do for the industry, man. Really, really good stuff. Um, so before we talk about kind of your perspective on the industry, can you kind of give us a little bit of a, you know, your experience doing it, right? Like what, what um, you know, obviously there was something there that pushed you to, to kind of consult and teach, right? You, um, I'm sure you felt like you had some something to say and, and, and you could bring more value that way. But, um, you know, for those people that are taking ops, right. Or that are, um, uh, recently getting into the industry, I think your, your, your perspective is, is, is a valuable one. It's something that they can really learn about. You know, it, it, that's a wonderful question. And a lot of people, unless you were selling automobiles in the nineties or very early two thousands, you know, may not be able to relate to, to my perspective that I'm about to share, but, our, our, the, the automotive sales industry was a very interesting one. It was one where, um, you know, if there was, for lack of a better word, there were the, the power of the opportunity to sell automobiles always lay within the dealer's hands. Now, the reason I describe it as power like that is because a lot of dealers decided to operate their businesses in a manner where they would, you know, yell, kick and scream in the name of trying to lead people. 
And, uh, you know, the opportunity to sell automobiles was highly desired. You can make an incredible income. It was the work was not that difficult. And because uh, the information age hadn't really, you know, come upon us just yet, that sort of power, if you will, was in dealers' hands. What my experience was is a lot of dealers misused this power. They mistreated their teams and their people, and uh, they were able to afford to do so. Because, again, without the information age upon us, and I'm speaking about the Internet, basically, uh, customers had to show up to dealerships to acquire information uh, that would make them comfortable making purchase decisions, and that information was found inside the dealership. So early on in my career, I learned very quickly that uh, the car business wasn't the uh, number one place to be treated the best by your employer, if you will. Uh, you know, that was my brief experience. But as my career sort of went along, I realized very quickly that my power was in my performance, that if I was going to demand the respect that, you know, that I sought as a human being, um, my performance levels would de definitely guarantee that for me. So I noticed that as my career progressed, you know, the way we were going about conducting our sales process to me was laughable. And I mean, this was, I, I identified with this as early as the age of 22, 23. And so the only way I was able to sort of flirt with new ideas, new approaches and new techniques is I had to get my performance at such a level that management and leadership wouldn't question what I was doing. You see, when you perform at certain levels, you, gain the confidence of those that are overseeing you and when you have their confidence they don't feel the need to babysit you and when you're not being babysat or micromanaged for that matter uh, that affords you an opportunity to go for failure a little bit because as I always say it's better to beg for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission so uh, in doing so uh, I started to experience the success in my career and the various roles that I had as I grew in my career. And then it didn't take long for me to quickly realize that I had the ability to produce leads and opportunities, to create enough opportunities to afford failure. And this started to shift that power, if you will, back into my hand. The most valuable person inside of a dealership, Herb, is the one that can generate the customer. I think we can agree to that. Right so, on. Uh, while this is a long-winded answer, the point is... <laughs> uh, I, I, I became very driven and motivated to empower individuals like myself uh, to get inside an industry, learn and develop their ability to sell their products, dreams, thoughts, ideas, and concepts to other human beings. And by doing so, they would literally be able to dictate their lives, how much money they made, how many hours they worked, et cetera, et cetera. And that was enough motivation to get me started and uh, enjoy the past nine years of changing thousands of people's lives. Yeah, man. You know, I, I love that, that perspective and that answer. And in particular, I kind of want to develop this, uh, what you said about the power and performance, right? Because, yeah. you know, that's definitely, um, it's, up to, it's, it's up to the individual, right? It's a choice. It's a decision that we have to make as professionals every day. And uh, it makes me think about this, uh, this clip or this, this piece of content that you put out there. Um, and I, I believe you were with, with, uh, with your daughter and you're talking about the seeds of greatness, right? And uh, you use an apple as the example. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. And, and uh, man, that when I saw that, vi that video, when I saw that, that piece of content, I was like, wow, this is really powerful stuff. And now you're mentioning um, kind of in a different way, but, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same idea. Right. So for the you know, to bring this back to the automotive industry. So for the for the for the sales professionals. Right. Maybe those that are that are struggling a little bit. Um, how can they they you know, what can you say about about that? Right. Like, how can you as the individual make the difference? You know what, I think it starts with identifying the truth in your surroundings. Um, 
You know, I, I, as far as what I do, Herb, I'm definitely an acquired taste. And the reason is, is I don't uh, accept, uh, put up with, promote, uh, or feed mediocrity in any capacity. And yet our business as a whole uh, is filled with much more mediocrity than it is greatness. And, and that's just not our business. That's life. You know, 3% of our country makes a six-figure income or greater. That means 97% of humans on this planet don't understand how. And uh, human beings are afraid of what they don't know. So as the majority of society lives within this ignorance, misery loves company. And it's easier to find uh, other like-minded, indi mediocre individuals who will not in agreement with you and mock those looking to do different things and become great. And uh, that sums up why people get stuck. So if I was going to say to a sales representative, how do you, you know, break free from that? Number one, be honest with yourself. Be honest that every day in the dealership when you're not, you know, prepared to successfully handle an opportunity that comes through the door, the way you go and join, you know, cigarette smoking clubs or coffee clubs talking about how crazy your customer was because you didn't close them. These aren't the habits that are going to have you separate yourself and become great. Um, you need to humble yourself, identify that your game is nowhere near where it needs to be. And then you need to seek out individuals who you trust, who have a track record in accomplishing what it is you are looking to accomplish. At that point, all that's left is faith, Herb. You must have faith in that individual whom you're going to trust, who you believe can lead you to where you want to go, who has a proven track record of accomplishing what you're looking to accomplish. And then you need to move forward blindly. And when that mentor says jump, you say how high, nothing less. It's really that simple. The problem is, is we get in the way of ourselves. And, uh, you know, I always encourage people, think like a child, right? Because what happens is the older we get, the more we think we know. And the more we think we know, we get lost in our own ignorance, right? I always say, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. So it always comes down to humility. Understanding your game isn't where it needs to be, and then uh, doing what is going to be necessary to make it be where it needs to be, and that is not continuing to do what you've been doing. You know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So it, it's tough, though, because when you think about human beings, Herb, you know, I, I could even speak to my own uh, experiences. While I've been building this monster that is my business, I've got a lot of friends that knew me before I started to take all these big leaps and strides over the last decade. And even close friends of mine say little things and make little comments that they basically insinuate to me uh, they're a little bit bitter. And, and they don't like the idea that I've separated in the name of creating something phenomenal. And so it, the same thing will happen with sales representatives. Again, a bit of a long-winded answer, but I hope everybody's picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that that, that kind of um, leads me to, you know, this concept of modeling, right? So I've, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. You know, I, I believe that success leaves a trail, right? And all you have to do is to kind of model, right? The people that are successful and yes. uh, you're going to, you're going to achieve the same or similar results. But when we look at the automotive industry, right? This concept of mentorship, which you, which you refer to, um, how how you know in your experience right because you're 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 seeing a lot of different uh, teams you're seeing a lot of different brands different you know different dealerships and different markets do yeah. do you think that that's that's something that's promoted within the dealership is that something that that or it, not even promoted but do you think that that's a requirement in particular for those people that are new to the industry as a whole, right? Um, not just a salesperson that maybe was at another dealership and is in a new dealership, but somebody that's just starting in the business. Is that 
is, is would you say that that's the the best approach is to kind of find those guys that are that are the top 20 percent um shadow those people model their their what they're doing and in doing so is there is there a chance to you know because these are people that are coming pretty much with a clean slate is there a chance to obviously you you pick up the good but is there is there a chance to also pick up the bad right you know what i would sum it up like this knowledge will never guarantee prosperity for if it did the university professor who is uh, at the school teaching me how to be a zillionaire in the stock market he wouldn't have arrived to school in a piece of shit car that needed to boost that <laughs> knowledge knowledge herb will never guarantee prosperity what i do teach individuals is wisdom can and will and what is wisdom well wisdom is simply knowledge applied so to answer your question I don't believe there's such a thing as picking up bad information. I, I, I think you can receive all information. You can put it through your, your filter and you can choose to disregard certain aspects of it. But I am more of a proponent of testing everything, right? I hate assumption. I believe assumption is cancer. And the only thing that you should ever assume is the sale. But anything outside of that assumption is dangerous. So, uh, for example, a lot of the techniques you know that uh, I share, a lot of them are going to be new to the ears of the 20, 30-year sales vet. Whenever I put my content out, I see their comments. They're like, this is crazy. And meanwhile, they're making 80 grand a year still, and they've been 20 years deep. These tend to be the individuals I say, you haven't been in the business for 20 years. You've been in it for one, and you've done it 20 times. But, oh, man. Uh, with, that, with, with that being said, um, the keys to being successful are, are, are very simple. I mean, when I'm talking to individuals and in dealerships, you know, when I'm talking to organizations, I'll say to the salespeople, hey, man, so you're a business within the business, right? Did you get that speech? And they'll all be like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, how much money did you invest marketing your business last month? And every single sales rep looks at me like I'm crazy, and the answer is nothing. Yeah. Then I look to the sales manager. I'm like, hey, how much did the department invest? And I hear 50, 60, 80,000 dollars. So I explained to them, it's very simple. When I join an organization, I'm like, you guys don't need, well, you do need me, but you shouldn't need me. And they look at me funny. And I'm like, if you guys are dealing with repeat and referral business, your deals are going to sound like this. Hey, Bob, you crazy son of a gun. You just sit down there. The payment's going to be five something. Okay. And it's going to be great. Now, do you want one milk or two milk in your coffee? And, and they'll laugh and they'll get deals done that have healthy margins because that's relationship-based selling. The reason I exist is the mass majority of our industry is committed to living off the door, off of these strangers year in and year out. So while you're gonna do that, yes, all of my techniques are specifically designed to turn strangers into raving fan advocates that will buy cars from you as long as you're breathing. But from the onset, uh, there's a process that needs to be followed. Along with that process, branding is very key. The business within the business. How many sales or how many customers come into dealerships, sir? And I'm sure you've heard and seen of it where they show up to reception and they're like, yeah, I'm here to see, uh, you know, they're snapping their finger. I'm here to see the, you know, the tall guy with glasses. Who is that? That could be five different people on our team. we got five people who wear glasses in here. But when you have effective branding working for you, and I'll use myself as an example, people might forget my name, but they always say the ace man. Where's the ace man? <laughs> it's funny. My, my market gave me that nickname and I'm like, hey man, if that's how you want to identify with me, identify with me. Here's the ace man and I embraced it. But yeah, branding uh, and treating your business like a business within the business is what will change the game for you. And when you are effectively able to generate leads and opportunities on demand, which is what I teach, 
then uh, you will be informing your dealer on the parameters of what it's going to cost to keep you. Your pay, your schedule, gas money, vacations. I had all of them. Yeah, man, that's so good to have uh, your perspective on here. And and so here, here's a question. It's kind of a, a two part question, right? So we had right. Ali Reed on the show um, um, a couple right. sessions back. Shout out, shout out to Ali Reed uh, and 1500 and change cars. Right. I mean, Sorry, what a contrast. We got Ali Rita doing fifteen hundred and change, and then I gotta listen to sales representatives and dealerships sell me on why they can only do eight a month. Shout out Ali Rita. Yeah, that's crazy, right? That, that to yeah. that, to to do those numbers. Um, yes. And we, you know, one question I wanted to ask to, that I asked him that I kind of I definitely wanted to get his perspective, and you're kind of touching on it right now, so I want to yeah. develop that. But I talked to him about the marketing part, right? Because I wanted to. I wanted to see if if you know his answer was yeah like I'm 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 you know I'm super big into branding I do all these things I'm 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 doing all these extra things and he did I mean he did talk about the importance of it but he also talked about two things he said you know uh, market where you're where you're at um, and he and he uh, he talked about the relationship which is what you're talking about right now right so my question is is twofold so relationship within the automotive industry right because of the pressure of of volume right um you know like yeah. you know sell 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 um how possible is it and i and that may sound like a like like a statement of or a question out of ignorance but how how possible really is to do those kind of numbers right and i'm not talking the alirita kind of numbers but maybe 20 or 30 deals a month and still be able to build relationships with all the other admin stuff that comes with with doing a car deal and then on the marketing side you know uh, Ali mentioned that um, his best advertisement was in a community center but he would show up there and play basketball he would go to the events um, you know what can you talk about that side for the for the people that are that are you know again taking off selling cars every day is that you, do you think that that's a really big thing? Maybe social media can play into that. Like, what, what, what's your what's your thoughts? Okay, well, let me establish something a fact with you and with your audience right now. Um, a couple of things, actually. Number one, human beings make the money they make and live the lives they live for one reason and one specific reason only. It's what they believe they're worth. The difference between the twenty car a month guy and Mister One Hundred and Fifty or whatever the math is that Ali Reed is doing is Ali Rita believes that he's worth it. Now, when you're talking about how do you manage this, how do you, you know, when it's numbers, 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 I'm gonna share with you something that was shared with me a long time ago. And you know what it was? It was when somebody said to me, you must remove all MWAs from your life. I looked and said, what is an MWA? And the response I was given was profound, minimum wage activities. The acts in your dealership, for example, of having effective test drives, of, of having effective deliveries, these are two roles that could be performed by two professionals that cost you $2,000 a month. So if you are truly a professional who wants to pump out the volume of an Ali Rita, right, then uh, start finding a way and stop finding excuses. I've got three laws that I live and die by, Herb, and this is why I guarantee results. Provided you adhere by the laws. Notice I said laws. Why, Herb? Because let me ask you a question. Or if I may, fill in the blank, Herb. Rules are meant to be? Broken. 
Exactly. That's why they're not rules. They're laws. And if you break laws, there's consequences. Now, I'm not going to send you to jail, but if you break one of my success laws, I can guarantee you one thing. You will never be successful. And the laws are very simple. Number one, where there's a will, there's a way. I know your audience has heard it before, but I encourage them. Do not take it lightly. Number two, if you want to do something, you'll find a way. And if not, you'll find an excuse. The, the 1520 car guy has got more closes to close me on why he can't do 25, 30, 40, 50 a month than he does closes for his customers not buying the cars to get him there. You follow me? The third and final law is you, sir, are the problem and you are the solution. <clears throat> so to anybody, uh, it's very simple. You want to start doing the same uh, volume as Ali Rita does? Well, number one, stop wanting to do it. As long as you want to do anything, you are in no danger of attaining it. Number two, make a decision to do it, right? A lot of people misunderstand that intention is greater than method. The importance of how you're going to get something done pales in comparison to the importance of simply deciding to get it done. I mean, God, these are these are infallible principles that if sales representatives could wrap their skulls around them, they would realize just how easy it is to make massive six figure incomes in our industry while creating a raving or a fan base of raving fan advocates that speak and sing praises of their experiences. The problem is, is everybody wants to go to heaven, Herb, and nobody wants to die. <laughs> everybody wants the outcome. Everybody wants to say, my people see me doing what I do. They see me put together fifty or eighty thousand dollar deals in the span of eight minutes. Literally, I got members of my team that have watched this happen over a telephone uh, call, and their jaws are on the floor the rest of the day. I look at them like, what, man? Like what? It's like breathing, right? I'm conditioned. I was just doing my job. What? But they, they need to themselves realize you can't become the guy until you become the guy or girl. You understand what I'm saying? You need to be committed on who it is you're going to become. Once you become committed in that, the rest of it is, is, is a matter of trial and error. Go and take action in massive proportions. When you do take an L, get over it quickly. Have a short memory. And uh, when you do find what works, stick to it and do it again and again and again and again. Because that's what we do. This isn't rocket science. So, to, you know, branding is very important. Ali Rita has a wonderful story where he has uh, managed to touch his community in, in uh, these intimate fashions. They're working well for him. Come on, man. He's got the Guinness World Record uh, for the most cars sold. Yeah. But to the 20-year-old who comes into the industry, I don't want them thinking they got to be selling cars as long as Ali Rita to get a result. Because the fact of the matter is, is we're in an age right now where social media and, and, and the internet, for that matter, afford us the ability to reach the world at the cost of nothing. So again, if you want to find out how to reach the world at the cost of nothing so you can sell more cars than Ali Reid in the first 24 months of your life, you'll find a way. And if not, you'll find an excuse. Yes. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with that, man. Um, so... Let, let, I want to talk to you really quick on social media, right? You obviously, um, you know, you're on the platforms. You, 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 I'm assuming you're a believer because you're creating content. Oh. But one thing oh. that one thing that I've noticed within the industry, and you know, um, I'm seeing I've covered six different markets. I'm seeing a lot of dealerships, but what I don't see a lot of is a lot oh. of sales professionals, or even at the dealership level the utilization of these platforms, right? They're just, I don't just, I don't see the push. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that it's, you know, um, time versus ROI? They just don't think, you know, when I pose a question, it's always like, well, you know, 
Um, it just, there's no, it doesn't generate anything. It's good for branding, but you know, you can't really sell off of it or you can't create leads off of it. Uh, my thought, my personal thought, it's, Hey man, if you're not creating leads off of it, maybe you're just not do your approach isn't the right one, but you have this audience there. Like you said, it's free and you, you have this great opportunity to promote yourselves on all these different platforms that we, we never had before. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a that's a great question, and this is where uh, or this is going to be a prime example of things getting real on uh, the Do and Talk podcast. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it, it's really it's really simple. Her human beings are afraid of what they don't know. The end. Okay, when when a human being is good at something, it is in our nature to perform it often. Ask me how good a cricket player I am, or if I even like the sport. I'm going to tell you I don't. I might even go further as a protection to my ego to uh, chirp the sport, make fun of it with a little quick one-liner. This is all sourced, or the core of it is ignorance. I'm not familiar with the game. I'm not good at the game. And so I have no desire to play or even learn about the game. Now, let's uh, flip that. We're, we're hailing from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And guess what, Herb? I love playing hockey. Guess what, Herb? I'm a pretty good hockey player. Guess what I do four times a week, Herb? I play hockey. Why? Because I'm good at it, and I love to perform it often. So what does this come down to? All of the uh, excuses you hear are just that, bullshit excuses. Forgive my forward nature. Let's just call a spade a spade. But uh, what it comes down to is this, is think about, and I'm going to use, you know, I, I draw a lot of parallels between sales and the courtship of women just because they're the exact same thing. But let's look at the men, for example. You know, when we're teenagers, okay, we're teenage young men, uh, what ends up happening? We start to get some unique feelings, don't we? Yeah, we do. Testosterone's pumping through our blood like nobody's business, and we have this desire to ask ladies out on dates. Now, 13's a little young, but you understand what I mean. It starts at 13 asking the girl, you know, to the dance. Right. One of the reasons I believe as well that men uh, have less problems with rejection than women because at the age of 13, society just told us we always have to ask ladies out. And this is why we had Kleenex in our pockets for our sweaty palms because of how nerve-wracking it was. But that <laughs> happened to us at 13. That's why at 20 we're loose cannons. But anyway, what ends up happening is when you think about how am I going to get a date, isn't it amazing how men are willing to go for failure with little to no technique and little to no rehearsal when it comes to that? Isn't it interesting how that outcome has such a strong gravitational pull on a young man that we will not only go for failure to ask a lady out, but when we get rejected, which there's nothing that feels worse than getting rejected from a lady or asking out, we'll do it again. And again, we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll realize that approach sucked. She laughed at me. The other approach, she didn't laugh, but she said no. So it was better. Let's build off of that. And we do this again and again and again. Isn't it funny, Herb, that the vast majority of sales representatives won't invest in their lives and their careers. They're more interested in buying a $10 pair of 10X socks. Yet they'll spend thousands of dollars on seminars on how to pick up a chick. And chick, ladies to all of you listening, is a term of endearment. So don't blow up the show in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what it comes down to. It's all excuses. You show me a red-blooded heterosexual male, and I'll show you someone who doesn't make excuses to connect with members of the opposite sex. The only question is, how do we create a desire that strong for the results of their careers? And the answer to that, Herb, is through goal setting. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And if you aim at nothing, you hit everything. 
the sales representatives who talk in the manner you just described, like it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. They don't have any goals, man. They wake up every day and they decide and commit to being a victim of life. And that is just not the way you should do it. There's no victims in life. There's only creators. Wake up and proactively decide what your outcomes are going to be and then move forward until they come to fruit. That's what I've done. That's what Ali Reid has done. And that's what all successful people on planet Earth do. Hashtag, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. I love it. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're kind of winding down here, but I wanted to, I, I definitely wanted to ask you this question just because yeah. of your of your background and um, your, your exposure, right, to all the different uh, different dealers, different brands, different teams. Um, what, you know, when it comes to, to training and development, right? And I know, you know, every time I ask this question, I know that there's not, um, hey, that you can say, hey, this is it, right? But because of your exposure to all these different, um, you know, different dealerships or these different environments, um, what what do you think is the is is the is the main disconnect or the most consistent one that you see right with 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 sales teams and performance in uh, you know in automotive retail sales? And let, let me understand your question properly. Disconnect of what? Disconnect between. Um, like, what are we talking about? Like. Maybe disconnect isn't the right word, but the, the main issues that you see, right, that are that are most common. Uh, inside dealerships, I, I, I would say the most common, you know what, it's funny. Here, your program's about to get a wisdom bomb. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Here's, here's what it is. Um, I, let, me, let me go ahead and ask you a question. Herb, are you married? I am. Okay, so I am too. I've been imperfectly married for uh, nine years, and uh, I'm, I'm planning on getting this job imperfectly uh, done until I don't have breath in my lungs. But think about a marriage and think about the relationship in dealerships. You see, it is a marriage, and the marriage is between you know the ownership group and the sales team. And the fact of the matter is, is they need each other. The reason there is such a disconnect inside dealerships is there's no trust. And much like I allude to a marriage, the only reason you and I are still successfully married is we work on a daily basis to continue to establish trust within our partner, trust in our decisions, trust in our actions, trust in what we're going to do when we're not under the eye or the watch or the ear of one another. Now, when that trust is not present, there is a lack of certainty. When there's a lack of certainty, you have an abundance of doubt. When there's abundance of doubt, now everything is negative. Now the owner thinks every salesperson just smokes cigarettes and doesn't call customers, so he's not going to advertise for them. And now all salespeople say the owner doesn't give a shit about us because he doesn't advertise for us. That is what the disconnect is. When you can establish certainty between your ownership group and between, between your team, um, that is how you win. Certainty is the absence of doubt. When a sales representative knows that their efforts on a daily basis are being respected and appreciated by ownership, and when ownership knows that his investment in his you know, dealership, the technologies, the tools, and the inventory for sales representatives to be successful are being utilized effectively and not wasted, then there is a love there, there's a respect there, and that is the grounds for a successful marriage. And this is where I say it's a shame because dealers and organizations like this are far and few, are few and far uh, between. Uh, the message, you know, I keep kind of uh, bringing it to dealers, but you got to understand as well, if our partners in our marriages, Herb, if they made a decision only to forgive us once and then the second time we did wrong by them, they said, forget it, I'm done, it's over. Well, we wouldn't be married, would we? 
we have to have a little bit of grace, love, mercy, and understanding for one another in this business. Mistakes are going to happen. Expect nothing and you will never be disappointed. But if we start to uh, treat the relationships in the dealers, right, from, from ownership to sales and vice versa, like we do a marriage, you know, a, a solid relationship built upon love, respect, and trust, that's how we win. The problem is, is our industry for decades operated like uh, honor amongst thieves, like a bunch of pirates loose on an island. Uh, slowly but surely, we've been reeling this in. And again, me, you know, coming full circle now and getting into uh, the business I am, consulting other dealerships, I definitely am looking to proactively be a part of that solution and that change. Right on, man. Well, there it is, folks. Lots of insights here. Alan, I'm going to put you on the spot here really quick. And uh, will you, would you be willing to come back on the show in the future? Absolutely. I had a, had a blast chatting with you. It's always good to speak with like-minded individuals. And uh, I appreciate the refreshing uh, point of view of your uh, show. It, it's good when we can speak to some of the uncomfortable situations in our industry, just as we have been talking about, you know, the relationships within the dealership. I think the more light... We bring to these areas the, the more ignorance we'll extract from them and that can only be a good thing so i would uh, be more than happy to join you again awesome man thanks so uh before i uh close it out here there's one question i ask everybody that comes on the show and that question is where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why in the next five years, I see the automotive industry filled with segregation. I'm talking like Rosa Parks type of segregation. I see a bunch of sales representatives who cling on to this uh, paradigm shift we are literally in the midst of going through, and uh, they learn and adapt. These individuals will be massive performers like Ali Rita. I believe the Ali Ritas are on the rise. Thank you, Ali Rita. Uh, <laughs> great to have that walking example. And uh, I think the number of uh, high turnover, mediocre sales representatives will increase. Um, my hope is this will only continue until uh, the strong performers, uh, you know, become so abundant that there's no room for mediocrity on the floor. Again, the village raises the children. We need to focus our time and energy inside these showroom floors, building teams one by one uh, until we get majorities because they bring about momentum and ultimately bring about change across the whole organization. So I think it's a good thing. I think our industry is always going to require uh, human to human interaction. As much as we hear a lot of talk of people trying to turn our industry into vending machines and things of that nature. I think there's always going to be value for a relationship. You and I value relationships in all aspects of our lives. And when other human beings can assist us in making our lives easy, whether it be ordering food on a menu, purchasing an automobile or a home, et cetera, et cetera, uh, there will be plenty of room and plenty of opportunity. Right on. Hey, man, thank you so much. Such an honor to have you on here. Um, again, thanks for all that you do within the industry for pumping out such great content. It's definitely needed. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure it's touching and helping many, many people out there. So thanks, man. Um, hey, more, than, more than appreciate doing it. And, uh, you know, to all of your listeners who may be familiar with me, you can find uh, a ton of great content. Simply Google Alan Dickey. I mean, if I don't show up, that's my fault, not yours. But uh, <laughs> you will find me there. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and as well at my website at uh, www.alandickey.com. You know, it's a, it's a whole different way of selling, folks. 
take a look at what I do. I don't pitch anything, but I pull market to everybody. And for the exact reason uh, we have connected for this show and for the exact reason I've got an abundance of requests on a daily basis coming through for my services, it's because I provide value to the marketplace first and I don't ask what's in it for me before I do. Uh, learn from that, folks. It will serve you well. There it is. There it is, folks. So um, uh, since this is the last uh, episode of season one, I just wanted to reiterate um, just the, the sense of gratitude. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for tuning in, uh, for all the support. We really appreciate it. Um, probably be back in a couple of months with the website and, and some new guests already lined up. So we're excited to keep doing this deal. Um, that's all we got for today, folks. Thank you. And as always, we'll talk later.